I firmly believe that if anyone offers a coaching business and doesn't make a profit and doesn't seek to make money, they have a poor relationship either with money or poor with the relationship of who they are and what they're really able to do. Me, my friend, and these two gentlemen here have paid the price and live what it takes to charge what we charge because what we are able to deliver is not information. It's motherfucking transformation. Episode 87, Man of Mastery podcast. This is part two with the team at Alpha Hippie. Remember in part one, we sat down with Angelo Cisco and heard about his incredible journey and story and what brought him to co-found what they do at Alpha Hippie in helping men reach their greatest potential. And as I started to publish part two here, where I sit down with the team and talk, really just exploring my curiosity about their coaching business kind of behind the scenes, I thought this might be most useful to coaches, other coaches. However, as I go back and I listen to it to produce the episode, I realize how fundamentally important it is for all of you guys to hear this. I talked recently, probably in that last episode, about how so many men, so many people get stuck in one way or the other. And one one way a lot of people get stuck is, you might call it analysis paralysis. It's perpetual knowledge gathering and information gathering. And, you know, the universe sort of connects us all in in opportune ways. And a great friend of mine through this podcast reached out to me today, Chris Hoffman of the Rare Breed Development Group, and had something to say about action and and just the importance of, yes, we got to get informed, but then action is so, so important. And he's spot on, and it really connected the gap for me. In, in this episode and why it is so important for all of you guys because that's what this one is about. It's about what the process looks like at Alpha Hippie to bridge that gap between gathering knowledge and then taking action. Moving, as Angelo says, from information to transformation. And that's what they do over there. You know, there's, there's a quote from Stephen Pressfield. If you've read Turning Pro, he talks about amateurs are all in excuse me, amateurs dabble and pros go all in. So I want you to think about that. Pros go all in on action as opposed to the next book, as opposed to the next shiny object. And as they say, repetition is the mother of learning. They also say great things from small things come, meaning we just got to take those little steps. And yeah, it's great to read that next book or the next theory or the next YouTube or the next podcast. But Angelo himself would absolutely say, we got to take action. So hopefully you guys took action when you paused or you finished episode one, got some movement in as I did with the Alpha Hippie team. And then here in part two, back on the mood pods with Angelo Cisco in front of the camera, Marcus and Ryan from the Alpha Hippie team behind the camera. And we explore exactly that, how these guys help men to their fullest potential help move from information to rapid, massive 
meaningful, life-changing transformation. All right, here we go. Part two with Alpha Hippie. We're, we're back. I think I'm the only one sweating here. Or these Alpha Hippie shirts are amazing. I'm going to I'm gonna have to recommend them. I'm the only one that's showing, showing the sweat coming through. But these guys were so gracious enough to, to move a little bit. We got to get Felt some great. movement in. Felt we, nice. Beautiful day. Beautiful day. We great s- air. I sweated. We breathed. We moved with each other and with uh, with people on Zoom. So we took a little time out. I hope uh, people listening to this will play along and hit hit pause on the podcast and get a little movement in themselves. And if they didn't, I'm going to say do it now, right? They can they can hit pause and come back to this. They can get some burpees really changed your life when you yes. realized you, you were only cranking out three in a minute. So Damn people could burpees. knock out some burpees. Crazy Did I tell burpees. you what my son's doing with the burpees? Have you seen this? No. So he's 13. We were just talking off air a little bit about kids and um, commitment and consistency and discipline. And we also talked about social media, which is a whole rabbit hole, right? But nothing's ever what it looks like. And what what he is doing is amazing. Of course, it looks amazing as well, but you don't see mom going, it's time for burpees. But what he did, he loves soccer as his main passion, but he loves Spartan racing. Mm, So he does Spartan kid racing. I do the adult racing, and he has a whole following of two, 3,000 kids, I don't know, on Instagram that follow his Spartan racing and his motivational posts. And last year... That's got to feel amazing, brother. Good for you. I do. I feel amazing. He inspires me. Uh, it's, it's such a blessing. Last year, he did every day of 2020, he did 20 burpees a day. So from January 1st, all 366 days, he knocked out his 20 burpees. Sometimes, you know, you wake up feeling like doing burpees, and you do. Other days, it's like, I just got home. It's 1130 at night, but I got to get the burpees done. Sure. So it teaches a lot of things, right? And we came to the end of 2020, and what are you going to do for consistency in 21? So rather than just make it 21 burpees, he is doing 21 burpees a day, but he does a double push-up at the bottom. So um, in the Spartan world, we call them Leonidas burpees from the 300. Nice. Either come home with your shield or on it. So he's knocking out his 21 burpees a day, and I do them behind the behind the scenes as well. It's fantastic. Great consistency tool. It's great, brother. Very nice. It's it's good to move. It's good to it's good to breathe. So I guess we we talked about the manhood journey a little bit and trying to reach full potential and full greatness. And I just want to come back. You know, I have the amazing opportunity to be with you guys for a little while today. Hear it. Alpha Hippie headquarters, and I just love to learn, and I'm curious. And you guys have been in this business for, for a while successfully, helping men through the Alpha Hippie brand. Uh, you guys have been in the fitness world. You've been in the personal improvement world. You've been in, you mentioned Barbell Shrugged, and Barbell, what was the podcast? Business. Barbell Business. So you yes. guys know this business world as well. And and uh, Marcus and I were talking a little bit off air, and he goes, like, how long have you been doing this? Is this your main thing? Um, and again, I'll, I'll say it, as I said off air, like if we get into stuff that's proprietary or confidential or personal, just let's stop. Right. But I'm always curious to understand how helping other men, uh, podcast is one tool, right? It's one medium. We have a one way conversation. Like you said earlier, it's really, I think of it as a chance to connect, to learn and to bro- provide as much value in a free medium as we can. Right. And then there are other ways to dive deeper. In, in our service. Um, and then some guys I see out there, I start to wonder, like, are they really in the podcast business? 
or are they in the business of selling courses on how to podcast, right? Or, or things like that. So how do, how do you, how do you monetize? I'll just make it more general. How do you monetize? How do you make a business out of serving other men and their growth journey in a way that I believe capitalism is great, right? It's okay for a business to make profit so it can fuel its mission and affect even more people. So how, how do you guys think about that? Well, how do I think about making money or what do I think about what we offer? Yeah, both. Uh, so how do you, how do you feel about um, really the first end of that question, right? Is, is uh, what's, what's the line of business for alpha hippie, right? You get, you get the podcast, yeah. we got swag is fun. We got coaching. We got the free Facebook group. Um, so is a four, let's, let's start this way. Is a for-profit business, uh, coaching men in their life's journey and reaching their full greatness and potential, can that be a profitable business? Sure. Uh, I want, I'm a big Jerry, I'm a big stand-up comedy fan. Okay. Okay, I would love to, to really preface this. Okay, so that, that we're really aware of this. And I really love Jerry Seinfeld for many reasons. And one of them is that he's very unapologetic about his success. And one time he was doing a interview recently with David Spade. And David Spade and him were on a Zoom call. And he asked Jerry about his background. And he said, I saw you the other day on a Zoom call. And it looked different. And Jerry said, oh, I was at my house in Long Island. This is my apartment in New York. Oh. And David Spade sort of put up a, a snobbish face. And Jerry looked at him and said, sorry. I thought I was supposed to do well. And so I firmly believe that if anyone offers a coaching business and doesn't make a profit mm. and doesn't seek to make money, they have a poor relationship either with money or poor with the relationship of who they are and what they're really able to do. And me, my friend, and these two gentlemen here have paid the price and live what it takes to charge what we charge because what we are able to deliver is not information. It's motherfucking transformation. Results. Anyone that walks in our door comes out the other side a different person. As it should be. Okay? And the money that they invest in themselves, for me, still is not what we deserve. Mm. They're getting off cheap, if you ask me. I think we should have what they pay in and the way out in and what they really wish they would have paid or would have been willing to pay on the way out. Two different fees. Yeah, we were talking about Rick Alexander, right? He's been running seminars this year. Pay what you think it's worth. Yeah, I, I do. love that. That's the type of seminar. Um, Rick I and that. I do uh, seminars together, and that's our our, our pay what it's there. And then um, what I've often found is what you're willing to pay reflects what you believe in yourself. Mm. So 
if you are looking to solve uh, and be a great father, an incredible father that changes your family's lineage and leaves your daddy's baggage behind you forever, and you think that you're going to do that for uh, 99 bucks a Sino, you're a $100 father, do your wife a favor now, get a big life insurance policy, and take a walk. <laughs> <laughs> in traffic in traffic no we, we should do well so we can do good that's right baby right yeah i i had a i had a friend uh, another coach asked me recently how much do you invest in yourself how much do you invest in training yourself and getting yourself a coach and and my answer was a ridiculous amount yes as it should be yes i, I believe 100 percent. and does everybody need a coach? Yes. Maybe more uh, than one. I believe in every stage of your hero's journey, which you will repeat time and time again, depending on where you are, there must be a mentor that will has experience in the area through the journey that you're about to experience that has gone there and been there. So, Rocky needed Mickey so that he could fight Apollo. If there was something else Rocky was trying to pursue, he would have needed another mentor. And the same song and dance continues. And for many of us, as we up-level through this game and we get to new levels, what we're experiencing is, is another journey. And so the type of mentor that I may have needed in level one may not be the same mentor that I need in level five. Sure. And I really hope it's not the same person. Right. Because right. if it's the same person, I got the same problems. So I'm not technically on the same fucking level. Again. Right. For your guys, alpha hippie guys, where, yeah. where does uh, where's therapy fit in as a coach, as a style of coaching, as a tool? What's therapy? How do you define therapy? Let's start there. Yeah, I'm thinking of the uh, the, the professional therapists, the, the the medical professionals, psychologists, psychiatrists. Tell me more about them. I, I'm not familiar, having never done it myself, and, and I say that in full transparency of not tapping into that tool myself yet. What I'm curious of is what is your idea of therapy? Hmm. What does therapy look like to Michael in real time? Well, I'll, I'll put it this way. So my only experience with, with therapy is before my wife and I got married, uh, part of the, the, we got married in the Catholic Church. So part of the process is you spend a, a period of time, I don't know, I think it was weekly visits for some weeks with a marriage therapist or a relational therapist. Mm -hmm. And that experience was, was really, it was a conversation. The most important thing they wanted us to leave with is the knowledge that, that um, that container existed, that person, that resource, that type of place to go talk about how marital relationships look and evolve over time was a resource if we wanted and needed to come back to it. Um, the other way I think of it is, uh, what's the best way to say this? So I've, I've had a coaching client who... Um, reached a point where uh, it, it seemed clear to, to him and the people around him that uh, he, he, he really needed some mental health 
assistance from a trained professional. Mm-hmm. And so he went and sought out that type of, of therapy. So mm-hmm. those are a couple examples of the way I think of therapy. Okay. How, do you, how do you think of it? One of the things that you said, I want to, I really like to play off this. You said a container for conversation. Mm. So if we are coming to a mutual understanding that therapy is a container for conversation, I trust that we provide that definition for men on a group and individual basis very, very well. Mm. And our abilities to help men feel safe ask the right questions, and be of support where someone needs it and not where they think they need it or think that we want to give it to them and meet them exactly where they're at and help them move through any sort of trauma and frequency, I feel very confident in this team and our abilities. So, yes. Awesome. You you brought up something there about both individual. Yeah relationships and in group settings. Um, Tell me more about that. I've found a lot of power in groups myself. Sure. There is a type of support that is brotherhood-like, and then there's support for people to actually either feel confident that they could be in a room with other people and not feel that way, Mm -hmm. and or some men prefer a certain pace to their learning. So for me, when I was learning jujitsu, I took group classes. I move slow. I like to ask questions. I really like to simmer in life. So it was best for me to take about a year of one-on-ones before I ever walked into a group class again. Because I like to go slow, I like to ask questions, and I prefer to learn at my pace. Some kids or adults, just the the whole point is, is that we're moving forward and that we're going somewhere with progress and understanding how you learn and how you like best to be supported and even learning that could be the difference between you actually doing it or not. And many times through school and our life, we're put into places and forced to learn according to the external where we do our best to help people and meet them where they are and what suits them best and then bring them through the journey versus forcing them to be on ours. Because most resistance to these deeper and darker blockages are first caused because they're fear and of unknown. And so whatever someone first feels comfortable with to go into that unknown, much like your son, for your son to step into the unknown, it was best for him to scream and swear so you accepted it. You didn't deny him of it. Yes? Yes. Very good. Even though other people didn't understand it, they judged it Mm. without understanding all the context. And so for us, it's very, very important that we understand the context of everyone and we're not just giving information. You mentioned when we started, right, about your own life journey, how school didn't really resonate for you. Yeah. So many academics do, but many don't have real-world experience. Yes. Context. Mm -hmm. 
And it's interesting also you said sort of need the experience of figuring out what works for each individual, mm-hmm. getting past the fear, getting past the unknown, and maybe finding something that doesn't work, group lessons or individual lessons, and then gravitating to what what does. I noticed you got this the book, The Mastery of Self, and I, you know, I used mastery in, in the title of what I do because I love this concept of, you know, you're, you're sort of um, – I'll say up and to the right, you know, from a chart perspective, growth, you, you you're talking about level one, level five, right? We want to grow, but it's really, it's never a straight line. And it's often not only jagged, but sometimes you step backwards, sometimes you step forward. All of that is the richness of the journey to me. May I challenge Please. that statement? Which part? What you just said. May I? I would love Absolutely. To. Wonderful. I would disagree. Where? Growth is a straight line. Human beings aren't. What we need to do to go to A to B is usually a line to grow. What keeps us on that track is what being human is. And we all have deviations from that track. And it's learning how to be aware of our deviations, how we could be more proactive in them so we could make them less and be on the line more. That's how I look at it personally. And so when I'm looking at someone, I'm trying to understand their behaviors of, of deviation from that line more because we know you and I as coaches uh-huh. know the recipe and the ingredients. They're always the same. Always. Binary language, accept, acknowledged and accepted. What's human or a variable is how this person could actually integrate, accept, and move through them. And that is where the instability comes off that line, depending on their background, experience, trauma, and anything else, any other baggage. Yet the line, though, is rather, it's a recipe. I think I follow your thinking. Let me let me ask and, yeah, and make yeah. sure Let's I understand this more. part. This is an open discussion. For sure. So when you say growth is always happening. No, no, it's not always happening. It's a linear line. Okay. It may not be always happening. Oftentimes we are deviating from that line, so we really are not growing. What, what, you, what you said, though, is is that it's not a straight line. And I'm saying... And the, the, to, to, to show you a point of view, is that growth itself, itself is what the deviations are, is individual. I, think I can agree with you on that. I'll, I'll think of it like, uh, you know, there's the old saying about taking a flight to Hawaii, right? And you're, you're never quite on that straight, you know, draw the line as the bird flies map. You're adjusting a little this way, a little that yes. way, the wind, headwinds, this Got and that, it. right? That's what I'm okay. saying is okay. the line is the line, bro. Yet what happens with our egos, what happens in our relationships, how are we able to see our uh, habits that hold us back? How are we able to understand our addictions, our uh, traumas, our dependencies, all of that stuff? My brother is the layers. Right, that's the real juice or, or the wins, yeah, right? Right, right. And then we see. Yet getting back to that line is the goal. Let's use that line one more time. Yeah. 
Um, I love that image. It's it's a vector, right? It's a direction. Yes. And it's a speed. Yes. What if it's the wrong direction? It's the wrong line. How do you how do you help a client figure out what their right vector is, what their right growth journey and line is? It's not up for me. It's up to them. This is an inside job. It's up for me to give them the tools to not be deviated for so long. I'm no one's daddy. My job is to help everyone be their own daddies. Awesome. So what's what's uh, one tool you guys use in helping guys find the, find the right journey and stay as close to that vector as you can? One tool. We are very, very proficient with our language. Like our brother Mark England, our Buddha. He is the language Buddha. Yeah, uh, I would say the our ability to communicate well. See, communication is a self-esteem and skill confidence construct. So first we have to feel worthy uh, enough to to say what we want to say. And then there's a skill of how you actually could communicate it properly to get the response and have someone feel it without being verbally violent or destructive to the other person. And also said that the other person could really validate and be empathetic to your experience not sympathetic but really validate and understand your shoes those are both first we need to feel worthy of it and then second we we must be able to say it in a way that it lands properly for each person and some of that comes back to the we talked about eq earlier and extending that to communication we also talked a little bit earlier about how we speak to ourselves the language we're using internally and then uh, there's also the receiving end of that right learning to listen more openly and authentically I, i might yes i might say for sure i agree with you completely communication is uh is really for us as humans the it's an art. It is a mixture of just so many important things. Any relationship that is in turbulence, broken, or on the way to be broken, most of the time, often cases, comes down to poor communication. Communication. Very, very... Uh, I have not seen many cases where when we get back to the root of it, there was not a proactive communication stance taking place, proactive measures in communication. And then that line, does it have a destination? Is, does mastery have a def- destination? I personally... Don't want the game to ever be finished. Because what the hell would I do? Does that mean we're going back to do more burpees? Do whatever it takes. You know, for (laughs) me, it's... um, 
what often causes impatience in myself, now this is me speaking my experience, impatience, which leads to lack of enthusiasm, which leads to frustration, which leads to anger, which leads to resentment, which leads to an outburst, is because I believe that there should be a certain thing, a certain line, a certain finish. And so the more that I've been able to grow, the it has become incredibly important for me to center myself around the idea that it's never going to be finished. And oftentimes what I've seen in other men when it comes to self-sabotaging is this idea of perfectionism, finishing, it's all over after this. And in reality, very rarely are those two things ever attainable, perfectionism and a finish line. So why even bother? I totally agree. And even the start line. Right? I, I don't know what the first days of the Alpha Hippie podcast looked like, but any endeavor, right? Yes. You find so many people, I want to write a book, I want to start a podcast, that just don't get off the start line. Yes. For what seem like good reasons. They're probably all valid. I don't have the equipment yet. I'm not sure how to do it. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have a name. I don't have a brand. I don't have a website. Mm-hmm. Self-sabotage. Self-sabotage. Oh, uh, the only excuse or objection you think is valid is the ones that you believe yourself. Right. And so uh, for me... Uh, personally, I think both of these gentlemen, or I trust both of these gentlemen could uh, agree on this, is I'm ready to ship it before it's even in the box. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, because I, uh, you know, how many iPhone updates have we had at this point? Shit. You know what I mean? Different iPhones and let's just get it out there and dance and, and let's see. That raises a question for me, right? Business partners. Yes. Partnership's such an important dynamic. So usually you need you need a balance. You need you know, those yin and yang. So you're the uh, ship it point, you know, zero point one minimal viable product, put it out there, we'll iterate and we'll improve. And then you guys kind of balance each other out in different ways. Yes, there's a wonderful harmony between us three in this room. We all are very, very understanding of the energy that we bring and what that looks like as action comes to the team. And so Marcus is our is really our thinker, our long-range planner, the guy that's really looking to oftentimes uh, in frustration of me and definitely frustration of this <laughs> this man doer is always at times even feeling like we're being held back, we're being restrained. And yet what Marcus helps us do is really simmer and build with a foundation. Ryan is what I joke with. Uh, did you watch wrestling growing up? A little bit. Beautiful. Do you know Brett the Hitman Hart? I remember the name. The Excellence of Execution? No. Okay, that was his nickname. The Excellence of Execution, the Hitman. Ryan just wants to go do it. Oftentimes, when Marcus and I have, I have a kooky idea. I bring it to Marcus, and the idea we can't show to this guy. One step at a time, bro. 
because this guy will have a will have something all the way done. He'll so you know there's dominoes, one domino, two domino like this, and you just watch them fall real nice. Ryan comes to the table <laughs> and does that, <laughs> and so having Ryan be that side, that more masculine advancing side is very very important because sometimes you just need to pull out your pistol and go to work as as our friend bedros would say get shit done yes and yet getting shit done without alignment of your heart and your vision just leaves you to be a doer and then you become burnt out because there is no alignment right that goes back to the 20th century male and career and default right. sort of approach to things, right? Absolutely. So how do you, how do you guys manage? Not manage. How do you um, measure your progress? You got long term vision. You got a doer. You got passion and energy. How do you measure that you're on the line or you're staying on the line as close as possible? Do you, business metrics? Is it podcast downloads? Is it number of coaching clients? Is it guys in the in the Facebook group, what are, and I, one of the reasons I asked this is I, I just wrote this thing I, I put out on Monday that I called window dressing, right? And we were talking about social media. How many followers do you have? How many likes did you get? How many people saved that post? How many people reposted it? That's the game. But is it really meaningful? What are, what are the meaningful ways that you measure the impact of helping men to their greatest potential? It's a great question. Are you asking me as an individual or us as a company? Both. Both. Great. So as a business, we must look at metrics. Business is a is oftentimes a logical, masculine, energy-dominant, black-and-white place. You either did it or you didn't. You either went up or you either went down. And that's important. There must be tallies, checks, and balances to win in business. For me, I I measure more into impact. And that's something that is not really uh, something uh, that is very black and white. And I do that for more of a trusting faith place that I... I feel a certain energy and a certain reflection of the people around me when we are making the impact that we want to make. And when there's any dissension in myself or in our relationships, I really believe that there is a dissension amongst the whole thing. And so there is a objective. We sit down and do the meeting and do the rocks just like our traction friend tells us to do what's that guy named gino something i don't know one of those guys huh yeah that that you know the the guy that wrote traction and there's that logical sense and we appreciate that and validate that experience and then there's also it's called alpha hippie for a reason because there's also a hippie energetic side in each and every person, and there is definitely one in these men here, and we also validate that experience as well. Right. It's it's uh, it's more qualitative, isn't it? You, you sort of know it when you see it. The impact. Yeah. There's a, feel it. There's uh there's something about knowing when it's right. 
Yeah, I could I could sit here and ask you questions all day, but uh, the one I want to ask you about that is knowing when it's right. That that's one example. Um, my my own experience, you got kind of that. You know, if you talk about left brain, right brain. Yes. The uh, I find I found for myself, and I have found with other men I've worked with, a lot of men who are closed off to sort of that. You know, listen to your gut, listen to your heart. It's sort of all about the head, mm-hmm. and finding our way back to to tune into all of that and uh, hear that data and process it and and figure out what's right. But at least you're getting all the data, right? I I started that journey with the premise that I don't uh, I, f- I forget exactly what I said to a coach, but it was along the lines of I, I don't think I have my intuition very well developed. Yes, and he challenged me on that. That we all have it. It's a matter of tuning into it or retuning into it, and I, I believe that now. He, he gave me a great example as a father, and you've got a you've got a younger boy. You know, you 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 read something there. Uh, all the time, you're reading like, oh my gosh, they're about to drop that, or oh my gosh, they might fall, or there's a danger there. You can kind of see around the corner as a father, right? Yes. Whether that's all, whatever the data is your brain's putting together, body language or whatever you're seeing there. But you call it instinct, right? You've got an instinct about where something's headed. Mm-hmm. Okay, I understand that. And then I started peeling it back, and okay, what do I understand about instinct in business? And I, in hindsight, I could see like, oh my gosh, yeah. I really did have an instinct for something that I ignored, and I ignored to my detriment. Mm-hmm. And I think every time I ignored it, it was probably to my detriment. So that's something I've been really um, learning to tap back into over the last years. Mm-hmm. Is um, so when you say you know you kind of you kind of know it, you feel it. Is that uh, is that something you see in other men as well? Am I unique in that, or do you do you see that trend? Two thirds of our brains are an animal brain. We were born with instincts. We were taught not to trust them. Even from the guy wearing the whoop. Okay? Technology and ourselves Mm. have caused us as a society to be less connected to our instincts. Now, nature is the greatest developer of instincts. No doubt. No doubt about it. It's animal. And so the thing that's interesting about nature is nature is any construct that does not evolve, uh, involve necessarily technology. So uh, here's a for instance. Marcus developed a lot of his instinct through... Uh, music, uh, being in in that arena, being around people. Okay, Ryan developed a lot of his instinct from being outdoors, being in the water. Mm-hmm. I developed my instinct from playing in the streets in Chicago with men that used uh, or had a specific environment there. And what's only only thing that matters is, is that there's a feeling, and we don't let this mm-hmm. talk us out of it. We let this conspire how we could trust this more, not talk us out. 
And most men have developed a relationship where they do not validate this anymore because of school, because of education. These things have been beaten out of us. Why? Because if you trusted your instincts, you are not controllable. It's a. It's actually the... If you would like to manipulate anyone, the easiest way to manipulate someone is take them away from their instincts. Because no longer do they have access to intelligence, they only have access to intellect. And intellect is only memory or what you read in a book. And so your reliance is a dependency. This is a daddy. You get it? This is the truth. This is the real intelligence. It is. It's there in our gut. Yeah. The only thing I would add to that, I don't think it's contrary, I think it's complementary, is the other way to control is to just turn it all off Mm. using fear. Fear is an amazing way to make people shut all of that down. Agreed. Both the intellect and the and the gut and then that yes. natural intellect. Yes. Um, an unfortunate and very timely topic. Yes. Given where we are in the world. For sure. Yeah. Well, brother, I really appreciate the time here. Like I said, I, I could sit here and learn from you for, for a long, long time. Um, Dude, I I'm cannot believe you drove up all this way. Yeah beautiful day we got to do your show in person first in show person we had this my beautiful crew marcus and ryan guys thank you for hanging out we got to do an unbelievable workout today i mean heck i mean this doesn't get any better man i'm honored that this is the first way that we were able to we were able to connect in person and uh you know if there's anything 2020 has really helped me understand is the true value of being able just to shake someone's hand and thank them in person and look right. at them in the eye, bro, without and seeing a smile. And without so I'm zoom. so grateful to be able to do this with you, my king. Angelo, Marcus, Ryan, I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you for being here, for having me here, for recording, and for the chat, the knowledge, the wisdom. Super enjoyed it. I, I, like I said, I just joined the Facebook group a couple of days ago. Really excited to continue to learn from you guys. I'm so happy that we found you, this bro. connection. Yes. It's only the, the beginning world. of our dance, my friend. It is only the beginning. And I really hope we, we get some folks from my tribe tuned in as well and find another crossroads between our worlds and, and keep growing together. Absolutely. All right, brother. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. All right. We'll do it again. Bye-bye. All right. That wraps episode 87 and the two-part series with the guys from Alpha Hippie, thank you again to Marcus, Ryan, and Angelo for the hospitality. Such great information, passion, the mission they're on there in San Clemente. Show notes to this one at manofmastery.com slash 087 so you can get links to their Facebook group. Join that. Check it out. It's completely free. Powerful stuff. They've always got new content on there, oftentimes live, uh, live training sessions, live informational sessions, and a great community. So make sure you check that out. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to end this one up with just one simple ask, which is, you know, we talked about action. We, we often do. But in particular on this one, information 
versus transformation. And it all comes down to action. So when this one's over, hit stop and just take a few minutes to breathe. Take a few minutes in silence and just feel into it. Did you, what'd you get out of this episode? Did it spark anything? Episode one or where else does your intuition, does your gut, does your heart tell you that there's some kind of friction, resistance, there's some kind of action you've been meaning to take and you've put it off. So often when we do put something off, ego has gotten in the way or we call it fear or there's some other excuse. And and look, Angelo said it perfectly in here. The only valid excuse or the only excuse is the one you accept of yourself. But let's not even accept anything. No excuses given and no excuses taken. So just spend a minute, breathe, feel into it, and seek out one of those areas where you intend action, haven't yet, and you just need to just need to get that foot in front of the other or put that book down and, and get it done one small step at a time. All right, that's it. Get out there and get after that, and we'll see you next week.